0: How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm not entirely sure what I just walked into, but um, I'm doing well, I guess.
0: That's good. Well, the important thing to know is that we're currently running a four-man podcast, which we know is a good idea because absolutely zero of the podcasts I've listened to in my life have used four hosts.
2: Hey, look, as I said earlier, there was a military study done that a team of four is the ideal number of people for everything. Absolutely everything. The <laughs> so military sure did it. It has to be right. More,
0: yeah. <laughs> So with that in mind, um, let's watch Ramsay Bolton scurry back inside the walls of Winterfell. And uh, luckily, John and 1-1 and Tormund are able to break away from the action to go in pursuit. Um, The the biggest advantage that 1-1 has, obviously, is that when you need a battering ram, you can just use 1-1. And he is able to break down the gate... Um, so in, in the next sort of set of scenes, you see the, the Stark troops kind of mop up the remaining Bolton troops. Um, there aren't many of them left inside Winterfell, and you get a nice heartfelt moment of one-one um, you know, struggling to breathe with about a dozen arrows uh, sticking out of each shoulder. Um, and that's ended by Ramsay, who, uh, despite being the most recognizable person in the Bolton army firing an arrow from not very far away right into his eyeball um so my my first question would be um why wouldn't someone disarm ramsey bolton there medic
1: i because ramsey bolton's impervious to swords he's impervious (laughs) to flying axes he can win battles without a shirt. I don't know. He has fucking superpowers in that show.
2: Um the only he's, thing he can wearing beat him his him
1: is, of invisibility. The only thing can beat him is being punched in the face and eaten by dogs, apparently.
0: Do you think do you think he was like uh do you think he was just kinda hiding behind a post somewhere and they, they just missed him
2: until he popped out? I mean he seemed to just kind of be standing there. Like <laughs> yeah. he the was Skywalker right film. in the middle of the courtyard. Yes. Yeah. I, would, I
1: would like to point
2: out that Jon Snow did like after his first Leroy Jenkins strategy worked like so magically
1: he was like you know what we should do we should do that again <laughs> yeah. like that's for sure what we should do right now so, yeah, that was the strategy Winterfell. It was just a sprint at it again yeah, I would feel John... like maybe they've been out of budget and they were like fuck it just have 1-1 one, one, rip the door down <laughs>
3: John, like, lived amongst the wildlings, he just, like, kind of forgot everything, he's like, whatever, just run in and fight the <laughs> tactics, who cares.
0: Okay, so, so, um, I think it would have made a little more sense to add the five seconds it takes for, uh, someone to apprehend Ramsey and then John accept his offer of one-on-one combat after that, um, but... Obviously, that's not what happens, but it's okay because John is able to uh, pick up a shield off the ground and block three of Ramsey's arrows before he gets to him. Which I'm all on board with that. I thought it was a pretty badass scene. Um, and and Matt, to your earlier point, um, we discussed his his earlier Leroy Jenkins moment, and I think that John, um, having been resurrected, is, is just straight feeling himself right now.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. sure, he, he he has to have some kind of divine power because he fucking. He was just standing in the middle of Like two cavalry Cavalries colliding and like didn't get trampled by a horse So like sure he has like A divine and he like managed To stand up while being trampled in Like Just while being like trampled by like A group of like completely tightly Um packed Individuals which is Which was for sure an allusion to a Roman battle But I'm completely forgetting right now Uh in the first Punic War and I'm pretty pissed off about that right now
0: That's okay you weren't born yet
1: <laughs> true, but I did, po- I did listen to I did listen to Tan Garland's podcast about it, so I'm kind of an expert.
0: Okay, so um, so you asked, Uh, I know that we talked last week a little bit about uh who we would like to see kill Ramsey Bolton. I'm I'm very sorry um, to remind you that it was not, in fact, the true the true Rickon leading an army guess. of cannibals on unicorn back. I
1: don't know why they didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky they're supposed to be hanging out with unicorns and I have pretty much thought about
0: that. But with that in mind, Yax, um, how did you feel? Did you feel it was a satisfying end to uh, to Ramsey Bolton?
3: Uh, I mean, I don't want to toot my horn that much, but I did kind of say that I thought that it would be Sansa's doing. Uh, I guess it was good enough, right? Uh, I wasn't like... I didn't really love the whole leading up to it. I was, I was kind of on nerves. It was like 30 minutes of that Fights like battle scene, and then when we get there, it's like, yeah, whatever. I don't I know. know. I guess it had some sort of sense of closure for Sansa, and that's nice. But I kind of like—I kind of thought that was gonna happen the whole time, I guess.
0: I did like the little grin that she broke out into on her way out of there. Um, it seems that Sansa has just turned entirely to uh, to the fuck it attitude at this point, which yeah, no I... one's gonna blame her.
3: I don't like that very much. I mean, I'm, dogs are eating this man alive. There's like no situation where he should be happy. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's kind of more indicative of the fact that he said to her, like, I'm a part of you now. Like, well, well yeah. I only know really one person who would be smiling because dogs ate somebody, and that's Ramsey Bolton. It's
0: a good point. Maddox. Well, what do you think? She,
3: oh, she's pregnant with Ramsey's kid.
0: No way.
1: Yeah,
3: that, no, that's Carrie... That's for sure uh, true. That, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah she, that's, that's what gonna... that
1: meant. And that's why he... And that's why she, like, maybe she'll...
0: Wait, you're suggesting that because Ramsey said, I'm a part of you now, he knows that she's pregnant?
1: No, I'm suggesting that because she was there for a couple months and Ramsey was sleeping with her every night, there's a pretty decent chance she got knocked
3: up. But
0: why would why would Ramsey know that?
3: Sleeping with her is a little different than continuously raping her. I think we should... Just... Well, okay, yeah, as soon it's... Okay, he was... I'm not
1: going to get to the specific He's okay. engaging in the specific part
0: of Hang on.
3: the act that you need for pregnancy.
0: Hang on. Why would Ramsey know this?
3: No, no, I don't think that he does. I think oh. that this turned into, like, a, a TV clusterfuck, and that line is kind of indicative of the narrative, I think.
0: Foreshadowing.
3: There you go. That's the word.
0: Well, I'll go ahead and put myself on record now as entirely disagreeing with you, but... Okay. I mean, it, it, it's hard to say because the travel times make no sense, but how long has she been bouncing about since she escaped? And she isn't showing any effects of this?
1: I mean, it's kind this kind of season of appears to take place the of like two weeks. The well, in
0: King's Landing, <laughs> it's been four days, and in other places, it's been months. I don't know why that's confusing for people.
3: <laughs> yeah, right?
1: Um, little, but. Have just been traversing the north left and right pretty
0: easily in the in the north it might it may have been seven years this season you are right on that right so so yeah i'm, I'm i'll go on record as saying i disagree but that's an interesting take um so she walks away smiling um john kind of kind of seeding that uh that right over to her I guess. I guess the big question now is: we we know that Littlefinger is there with the army. We know that the Northern Army was almost entirely wiped out in that battle. And and Matic Yax and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but there are going to be two different objectives for Sansa and Jon, right?
1: Yes, yeah, Sansa wants to fuck up the Seven Kingdoms, and Jon wants to kill the Lannister Walkers.
0: And neither of them really has an army. Sansa's army is all through Littlefinger's.
1: And. And, yeah, and, like, you have to view it, like, kind of from Sansa's point, to be entirely honest, like, I know we're gonna be like Sansa, you're being, like, you know, short-sighted as fuck, but if you just reunited with your brother, he hadn't seen in five years, and it's like, no, I know that we have all these political enemies that are for sure trying to kill us, but there's ice demons to the north of us, like, Sansa's probably gonna be like, you sound like a fucking crazy person.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm okay with Sansa going after different things. I mean, no one is really taking the threat of the White Walkers seriously except for the, the Men of the Night's Watch and the Wildlings at this point. Um, yeah, but
3: then, that, but then when she's going to be with, like, she's been amongst thousands of Wildlings, so you would think she wouldn't think, like, thousands of people are just making up that threat, right?
0: But only for a couple days, right? I mean... That's true.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's
1: actually a good point.
3: I mean I but but like
1: the show like things like that that like George R. R. Martin feels the need to spend like a hundred pages explaining how Sansa you know, like putting the pieces perfectly in order for Sansa to still like be fighting to go south while John's trying to go north. The showrunners are just like that is interesting, but we're just gonna ignore that point that <laughs> you just raised and kinda of do it because it helps our narrative. Um, which, like, while I like George R. R. Martin's continuity, there are some, like, going back to book five, there's times where you kind of like, you know, I kind of like what the showrunners did, just being like, I don't really give a shit, I'm just gonna put the people where they need to be.
0: Yeah, well, books four and five are supposed to be one book, they should have been one book, and that would have helped a lot with mm-hmm. these sort of issues. Um, but So let's, let's talk about the biggest question that I've heard just kind of in general about this episode which of course is the biggest question that we had before and the biggest question coming out of this one. Why did Sansa not mention anything concrete to Jon? I mean he gave her basically the biggest opening possible saying like seriously sister if there's a reason that I should be holding off this attack where I'm outnumbered two to one lay it on me. I'm willing to listen and Crickets. So, Yax, yeah, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I don't think there. Like, I don't think anybody can really give you a logical answer to this, because um, I can't, for the life of me, think of one. Aside from the fact that she, I don't know. Yeah, okay, I, obviously I, I I'll make really it. A, I,
0: I'll make it a little easier. So the three. I have a theory on this, but. Okay, the three sort oh, of ideas I've heard. Uh, <laughs> One is that uh, the TV the TV show just kind of clumsily trampled on the fact that that didn't make much sense. Um, two is that, with that one. two is that she wasn't actually sure Littlefinger would show up, and she didn't want to say that if it wasn't going to happen. And then three is she is fully engrossed in the game at this point and is extremely worried about tipping her hand unnecessarily, whether it's. <laughs> to help a ally or not um but that that would suggest that she is not viewing them as allies here's
3: here's
1: what i think on this here's what i think on this i think that the reason that she did it is because that's how it's going to happen in the books because sansa's not supposed to marry sansa doesn't marry um ramsey and she's like when book five ends she's in the veil so but clearly what happens in the books is john is fighting um Ramsey, and, um, and then she shows up, so like, I think that the showrunners, if they ever give us an explanation, it'll be like kind of some reference to your third thing, but like to, to the third idea, but to, to Yax's point, like that idea is just fucking stupid, Yeah. so like, it, like I, I really think it's just like, that's how it has to happen in the books and like the wildlings you know, maybe it's important later that the wildlings are decimated um
0: so we but think like it's clumsiness. Method, I think. We're yeah, vo- I think we're voting just, clumsiness. I, I think it's just
1: yeah. I think it's just clumsiness. Like they could have, I don't know. Um, that I think that that's the way that I have in the bo- book, and probably in the book it'll be like an awesome kind of like, you know, cool moment. I just like raise my hands in my in the air in my guest room as though like someone could see this on the podcast. <laughs> um, but it'll be like a that moment, like a Rocky at the top of the steps moment. Okay. Um, in the book, so the show and producers decide like fuck it, we'll just keep it the same. Okay.
0: It was very, very fortunate that they arrived at that time. To
3: the tops of will be a, it'll be a huge montage. The end spots will
0: be there. And, and little known fact, uh, George R. R. Martin modeled um, Winterfell after Philly. Yeah, <laughs> right.
3: Exactly right. Yeah,
2: I can corroborate that. That's absolutely true.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So I'm glad that you guys agree it's clumsiness, because the other, the other alternatives I heard, uh, I, you know they were interesting, but again, I think just giving too much credit to a show that without the backing of the books has taken liberties that aren't always
2: logical. I mean, maybe Littlefinger didn't want to tip his hand until mid-battle, so now he can go and say, oh, Jon Snow, you owe me your life, or try to create leverage from it, or maybe he wanted to flank them while they were fighting, but yeah, no, show clumsiness is like the most likely culprit of all of this. That seems fair.
0: Um, and so yeah, so now Littlefinger has by far the most, uh, you know, dominant force in the north, except for Matic and I's favorite um, alternative. So Matic, let's talk Manderleys.
1: They don't. They, they don't. I don't. Is there a chance?
0: <laughs> Is there any chance?
1: No, because it's a, the chance the the chance went down the drain when like I will say when I was first watching the episode and the Umbers surrounded them, I was like, oh, thank God, they're finally gonna let it happen, where the Umbers... Mm-hmm. ...turn, because they clearly don't like the Boltons, and it makes absolutely no fucking sense that they would support the Boltons when, like, many of their members were slaughtered to death in the Red Wedding. And then they were like, nah, bro, we don't really care. We'll just and keep then, killing. And then it was literally at that, that moment where I was like, I guess the Vanderleefs don't exist in this universe.
0: So... So what if it comes up a little bit later? And the reason I ask that is that the show tends to drop hints in, and they've mentioned the Mandalese twice this season, and we've gotten gratuitous every every sighting of Lord Frey is gratuitous because that's an ugly old mug. But we've gotten gratuitous sightings of him. Um, what if they're what if they're setting that up for a little bit later? Or are you you're totally without hope at this point?
1: I mean, the Umbers are not on the side of the Starks. That's dumb.
0: No, Manderly's.
1: Uh, oh, the man. Yeah, no, uh, but no, I'm sorry. All the same train of thought. Like, the Umbers aren't on the side. Maybe they come up? I mean, maybe that's where Jon gets his army, like, but I feel like if it doesn't happen in the next episode, it probably won't happen. No, I was gonna say, I, I think the White Walkers attack at the end of the next episode.
0: So that's interesting. Yeah,
1: for sure. I think Danny leaves for Westeros and the White Walkers attack kind of, like, at the very end of the last
0: episode. So that's interesting, uh, and the reason I, I say that's interesting is, episode. um, I think in one of our earlier podcasts, Matic, um, we discussed why the White Walkers haven't done shit this season. Um. They're walking around
1: raising their hands
0: <laughs> Well, as good of an explanation as that is, um, I was thinking that it's possibly because they're not sure how to deal with the wall yet. Um. They have a lot of newly raised dead bodies that aren't... They're not exactly the World War Z zombies that are, you know, climbing on one another to climb a 700-foot wall. I was going to say, I feel
1: like there is something to what you just said, though, because the wall's 700 feet. Like, 100 feet would be enough for anything if it wasn't people finding a way you know, the zombies getting over. Cause like the wall was not built 700 feet to make it hard for the wild to scale.
0: Right. That's, right.
1: Sorry. That was my only point. So, so there's, there's something there with the, the height of the wall. Yeah. George R. R. Martin would not put that fact in unless it somehow mattered.
0: Okay. So, so we'll circle back to that when we get into the, the full predictions for the finale. Um, but just real quick, let's yeah, wrap it up.
3: 600 feet. The zombie magic wears off.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's altitude based. Um, yeah, so, so let's go ahead... Let's finish up the, the Winterfell thing just by trying to figure out... The reason that the Mandalays would come into play is that Team Stark does need troops of their own at some point, right? And yes. they'll either get them through Sansa outplaying Littlefinger. Um,
1: I still think Sansa's going to kill Littlefinger. Just also want to go on the record on that one.
0: I mean, I would be perfectly happy to watch that.
1: The... The last chapter in book three has some pretty heavy symbolism in it. I'm not going to get into it, um, but yes. Um, and then, like, people forget that Littlefinger's literally one of the, like, necessary steps into Ned Stark getting his head cut off, and Sansa's at some point going to figure that out, I think. Like, if, if you've read, like, if you've read, like, George R. R. Martin's short stories or, like, any of his other works, he is an asshole, but, like, at the end of the day to have like some weird romantic uh, traits in him, and I think Littlefinger's going to get killed very dead at some point before the show is over.
0: <laughs> I would I would definitely enjoy that. Um,
3: so... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think what you're going to get is Sansa is at some point going to be in a position of power over Cersei, because I think that her card is going straight to fucking hell, and Cersei will, will tell her at some point that Littlefinger sold out. Oh her wow! You think she gets that far south? I don't know if I don't know how it's going to happen. You know who the fuck knows? But it'll. I, that's why I think it's going to happen. Because who else is really going to be able to serve that information up to her if not Varys? And how the hell is he going to get that far north? That's true. And Littlefinger wouldn't love. So, yeah,
1: that's actually an interesting point. But no, I do think that Sansa killed Littlefinger. I mean, the symbolism at the end of Book Three was pretty fucking strong.
0: And in uh, that case, if she were to, say, marry the uh, the sitting lord in the veil who no one likes because he's wimpy, um, she would then take control of the Knights of the Veil. He's
3: breastfeeding from his mother at age 12.
0: It's, it's a good reason you, to not like someone, in fairness.
1: Do you think that they're not going to do the weird thing where, like, Littlefinger's for sure going to, like, accidentally, intentionally kill, like, a 12-year-old? The shows even kind of like That's even a little fucked up For little For like us to like Have someone accidentally <laughs> Intentionally killed This like Physically disabled Oh man I l- like,
3: even when love have that limits. The books though
0: I mean It seems like that's They're too far away now good, But yeah. Littlefinger is The king of travel So It's possible um, Okay So let's go ahead and, and move on to Speculation for next episode um, Yax and I covered Marine earlier Matic, it sounds like you think that she will take take a sail for Westeros next episode
1: yeah I think she's done um,
0: does she I have enough she's... ships with the Greyjoy
1: ships she's... plus the one she saved I feel like they said something in the last episode where, like yeah we barely have enough okay Um, which like doesn't seem right to me but
0: well it's a good thing that uh, they, they somehow there's weird
1: thing with ship math where like <laughs> Four people went to go watch the new King get drowned, and like fucking fifty thousand or like five thousand people to man a hundred ships, like that, like whatever. It might like be eight thousand horses fit on three hundred ships.
0: I I think it's like, worth well, wondering.
1: It's like it's like it's not eight thousand. It's like fifty thousand. This is like the okay. entire of oh, the oh, racking horde. Um, but
3: like whatever, okay, their okay. ship 50, math is not very good. It's it's on um, three hundred ships.
0: I think it's worth wondering, um, once again, now that we know that uh, Yara and Theon were able to steal 100 ships, how they managed to lose the King's Moot, which is decided by uh, vocal support when they had enough people to sneak off with a 100 ships.
1: I know we've touched on this <laughs> in the previous episode. I'm still really impressed with how quickly the
3: Ironborn come to a consensus.
0: That was fast, man. They're efficient.
3: Hey, you know that the people are voting as many times as possible, a la Kansas City Royal fans. And they just really love Euron, I
0: guess. Talk about a small Venn diagram, yaks. Major I'm League Baseball Brexit fans poll. and Game of Thrones fans.
1: I'm watching Brexit polling right now,
3: and I wish that... Is Westeros seceding me. from the EU? <laughs>
0: yeah, Westeros for sure is bailing for the record. I think, I think this is why you don't have a podcast with this many people on it. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> back back to the fantasy world. Um, okay, so if if they did say something in the episode about them having enough ships, then yeah, it sounds like they'll probably set sail next uh, next episode. Um, in the north, we have the little glimpse of John telling Sansa we need to trust each other, which is like yeah, you know, you know you told me not to run out there and I did that, but you also could have told me you had enough people to win the battle straight up
1: yeah she's i feel like john can't let that go right
0: i wouldn't be happy that's for damn sure
3: then it's like even more of a fuck up than like kind of how he got themselves in that situation as writers or producers anyways
0: yeah if they just have him kind of say well it's okay i'll let it go this time
3: (laughs) or if they just don't even broach it at all would you just like kill yourself Right.
1: Yeah, because I, I feel like if you're John, you're like, so, just so we're clear, those like, thousand people really didn't need to die. Right. Which yeah. is kind of fucked up. I, I saw a great, like, it was an internet, it was an internet, like, just picture of Sansa, um, and it was like, great, uh, Littlefinger arrived just in time for no one important to die. <laughs>
3: <laughs> which is like, what
1: I feel like admin, like. It was like a fucking massacre of human beings But it was like oh well None of these other people died
0: Yeah you still got Tormund You still got Jon I mean the most important uh, development This episode I think Is that Tormund is still alive Which means that Tormund and Brienne Are still alive
1: Thank god We're gonna bang
0: It It is probably the most heartwarming story In Westeros at this point right?
1: Thank God, uh, it, it, yeah. my friend. Um, I gotta give a shout out to my friend Erica. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving a shout out to my friend Erica. She yelled at me today. She told me that it was time to change my GChat status from just uh, a <laughs> the GIF of torment.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I was kind of like, No, I'm good. No. I'm gonna
0: leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. <laughs> um. She's like,
1: It's been way too long, and I was like, But it hasn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it'll never be too long for that that look. That look is just pure gold. Um, okay, so we've covered what what might happen in the north. Um, King's Landing, I talked to EX about this earlier. Medic, is Cersei going to blow it up?
1: I mean, she's for sure not just going to stand in a trial where she gets convicted guilty and they don't let her do a trial by combat and just go quietly. So yeah, so something's going to happen. I mean, I've told you my theory before that somehow King's Landing burns to the ground before this is all over. Right. Um, I don't, I, I think that Dorne maybe invades to, like, put some kind of end or stopgap or, like, stop point <clears throat> on the trial, because Dorne has to show up, and clearly they're going to invade, or, like, maybe the showrunners will just, like, put us out of our fucking mercy and, like, pretend like Dorne doesn't exist anymore. Um...
0: Maybe maybe the high sparrow was actually one of the sand snakes all along.
3: <laughs> maybe it was Halloween shit. Um I feel like the way Dorn works into this is that Arya gets there somehow. Right. It seems and she's like Bravo. Hey. It's the closest from yeah. Europe to Britain. <laughs> what? God, God damn it.
0: Damn
1: it
0: I got them, was... yeah. So so yeah, I can see you're going to Doran. It would fit with the Nymeria path. Um, oh, it, man, that's actually a good point. it does seem yaks yeah, like they are sadly going to skip over Yeen and possibly oh. all of sotherous. <laughs> so- <You're laughs> God damn it, this is going so
2: badly. Okay. So okay, Matic, this is the follow up. Yeah, I disagree. I think this is going fantastically.
3: Is fucking it all up.
2: <laughs> Nisha Katra was a horrible plan. You bite your tongue. I,
1: I would I would like to point out. I was not
2: on for whatever the fuck you guys were talking about at that point. Well, actually, I think it was going really well until Matic showed up. So, Matic, I blame you. Okay. Let's get back to Okay,
0: Matic. So, let's say that they let's say that they burn King's Landing to the ground. I've already asked the X this. Does Does the Lannister Army Or the Tyrell army For that matter Still stand in the way Of Danny's conquest Or Does she just kind of Roll right through
1: Um I think she rolls right through Like everyone's pretty
0: fucked In Westeros At this point right It seems that way
1: Like that I mean The show has done a less, But that's been like A huge theme in the book Like Not like super overtly But like one thing that's gonna happen a lot in book six is people are gonna starve and like armies are gonna die because of the cold and like I feel like all of the armies and like food and you know the peasants being depleted, it's like this kind of ongoing theme in the book and like if something like what what is the Dothraki horde like fifty sixty thousand fucking Dothraki screamers show up?
0: Fifty thousand is what it was supposed to be, yeah. yeah.
1: They're going to destroy everyone. Dorne and the Knights of the Vale are the only two that stand a fucking chance, in my opinion. Right? Like, they're the only two that are left out right now.
0: I think so. The only problem with that is... It would almost be as depressing as the opening season in Dorne if all of the machinations in King's Landing led to Danny rolling through the middle of Westeros to show up and be like, Hey, Jon... I heard you have undead things that are vulnerable to fire. I have three dragons. We should do that. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I I, I do think that Cersei's, like, craziness is gonna manifest in a way
1: that, like, destroys a bunch... Like, not everything, but, like, a bunch of things. Like, her craziness manifesting where she wouldn't intentionally do it, but her, like, doing something at the trial that ends in King's Landing burning... Where, like, she and, like, Frank and Gregor basically try to usurp the faith, and there's, like, a pen as an uprising, and then somehow that, like, begins this chain of events that, like, basically rips King's Land into the ground. Like, Cersei destroying everything around her, not intentionally, but, like, through her own being a fucking idiot, not knowing how to do anything, that sounds right.
0: Right, and I think that this is my question for everyone, then, and we'll start with the axe, and then we'll get Weemet, and then Madoc on this one. Um... If, if King's Landing burns to the ground, do we think it's the end of the middle of Westeros, or do we think Cersei and the Lannisters then retreat to Casterly Rock, the Tyrells retreat to Highgarden, and they still make themselves a presence?
3: So, Yax, yeah, what do you think? Is that were to happen, yeah, I mean, what? Without King's Landing, what do you really have? I mean, you don't have a capital city.
0: There's no capital city of Westeros, but I mean, the Lannisters still have basically all of their population somewhere else. And the same with the Tyrells.
3: Well, wouldn't Tommen have to go back to Storm's End?
0: Um, I mean, if they still want to keep that ruse up, I guess. But I think when you nuke King's Landing, you give up on that one.
3: Well then no one Who the looked, no is one in End? <laughs> That was the question I was asking. Who is in Storm's End? <laughs> There's barely no one there. They haven't been there for nine seasons. <laughs> Sorry. I know the but weird stuff. But that's where they, they would know because there, he's a Baratheon. Because after Renly was murdered by a shadow baby, we <laughs> just were like, oh, well, fuck Storm's End. They never have to go there.
0: Uh, maybe, where go? maybe Gendry?
3: Yeah,
1: Gentry's no, with the Brothers Without Borders, dude.
0: We haven't seen him with them, though.
1: Gentry is. So Gentry's just, like, alone in Storm's <laughs> End. He's just, like, wandering the <laughs> castle. Like, bros. <laughs> Where did he <laughs> He's just
0: making armor for himself. <gasps> just. Well. I, mean, like,
1: I found this fucking abandoned castle <laughs> that apparently nobody lives <laughs> in. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just don't
3: okay. Okay. What? It's one of the seven major houses. We will just never ever talk about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a fair question. I have no goddamn idea. Um, (laughs) We we met. What do you think? Do, Do the Lannisters and the Tyrells? regroup either together or separately um,
2: with the arrival of a conquering a conqueror from Essos? Oh, a conqueror from Essos. Well, I mean, I was going to address the whole King's Landing burning to the ground should Cersei go AWOL and just start to both. nuke everything. Um, my thought process is in the chaos of all that happening, there's got to be some, you know, count or some, you know, lower level politician, we'll call them, that in the midst of all the chaos of essentially the leadership being, you know, dismantled because the city went down trying to claim the capital, trying to take over so I feel like it'll create kind of a power vacuum, at least temporarily should the city burn to the ground, and then which might end up being as everything's on fire, Danny rolls in and says, hey, well this all looks pretty messed up, and I've got dragons and 50,000 troops, you might as well just follow me, and there won't be really a kind of concerted force like you were discussing before to really counter her so i feel like that this might be just setting the stage for danny's takeover
0: okay Maddock, what do you think That's a good point.
1: um i do think that danny rolls through um i think that somehow cersei and the queen of thorns are gonna be at each other's throats i i don't know i i think that the lannister force um I think that the Lannister house is completely eviscerated when this whole thing is over. I'm not sure where the Tyrells end. But I don't think the Lannisters make it through um, the end of the show. I don't know. I Besides think so. Tyrion.
3: Well, that's the thing, because he just... He'll just assume, right? He's Castle the Rock's Lord then. Yeah, yeah he would, would be. But Okay, yeah, that would make sense. But I mean,
1: like, Jaime, Cersei, and their children.
0: Actually, Tyrion is already the think- the heir to Castle Rock. Because Jamie's a member of the Kingsguard. But yeah. Yeah, we stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. he is. And then he leave? He, he's the Lord so, Commander.
3: Dude, Toman, got Toman got, Toman booted him.
0: Oh, that's right. Good call.
3: Um, I think Jamie makes it through, actually. I think that. I think Tyrion gives him the same favor that Jamie gave him. And I think that. I don't know what that means, but I think that Tyrion, if he has the power to, he keeps him alive.
0: He lets him escape so he can go kill Tywin.
3: Exactly
0: right. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there just as an, an interesting counter. I'm not sure I, I want the middle of Westeros to play a role at some point. Um, so this would be my my only counter argument is that um, their forces are already made up entirely of Lannisters and Tyrells because King's Landing hates them, Dorne hates them, the North hates them. So it's basically the Lannisters, the phrase. And the Tyrells in between those areas. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe when Danny arrives and they see that they have this common enemy again, they form the, the Tyrells and the Lannisters finally form up. Um, I also think that Marjorie has some role to play in King's Landing. Um, so if Cersei just nukes it and that's the end of King's Landing, then.
1: Like, that's a good point.
3: Marjorie's not done. <laughs> yeah. Right. kind of goes back to what I was saying last week, where there's a scenario where, like, Danny coming leads to even the Faith and the Tyrells and the Lannisters all teaming up together, and then getting murdered together. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. And Mar- Marjorie is. Yes. Yeah, Marjorie is kind of increasingly also positioning her. Uh, she's kind of like more benevolent and probably. So say, you know, King's Landing burns to the ground. Uh. She would be kind of the logical choice to try and rehabilitate it essentially because I feel like she has a lot more empathy with the common folk than basically anybody else involved at this point. You yes, mean she's faking empathy. She well, f- but she, either way, the image of empathy is there, so the commons, people would yeah. flock to her as a result of that. Yes, I think one of the like underrated scenes in the whole um
1: season. That kind of shows Marjorie is when, the the high sparrow's like, like girl, you need to sleep with Tom again, like you have to stop this, like Marjorie's really pissed off at the way that all this went down. She's just playing the game right now, and yes, it was actually in that moment when I was like, even before she handed the note to the queen of thorns i was like uh oh that's what i was like i thought that was going on but that just confirmed it
0: right and i agree she has she still has some role to play so i'm i'm thinking that maybe she intercedes to prevent the the city from going up in wildfire um but it's certainly not a guarantee i mean cersei is
1: loose cannon i still think the city burns to the ground but maybe not yet they're
3: not yet
2: wild card bitches Maybe that's our uh, cliffhanger leading into the end of the season: is King's Landing just on fire? I could live with they that. They have to have some type of cliffhanger because it's a TV show and they can't resist themselves. That's true. And like, even every other season has had some kind
3: of unanswered questions, but now this is just like not an adaptation of a novel. This is straight up like crack cocaine television. Yeah. So it's gonna be like eighty-five
2: cliffhangers
0: yeah uh, oh so one more question that we'll do a one more question we'll do a roundtable for before we get to the wall um where was ghost okay that was kind of the response i was expecting um great answers everybody we summed
1: that up really well
0: ghost did not make an appearance in this episode despite 45 minutes taking place with Jon snow
1: apparently <laughs> Where was Ghost? Um,
2: they, He's lost in the yeah, CGI budget so for Dragons? Like, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of extras in this episode, so that just, yeah, but it must have been way out of budget. Yeah. yeah
1: that's, I think I was... that's also why the Dragons did just hover above one ship.
0: Instead of, yeah.
1: Like, we're going to have them blow up like five ships, and they are like, yeah, that's not the budget.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Fair I enough.
3: Want to the same footage of the ships exploding for each ship like a
0: star trek type thing <laughs> that's that's fair and and honestly if john told told ghost to sit this one out um that would be better use of a direwolf than we've seen from any other starks so far so Good point. um okay so with that out of the way except let's great wind except Grey Wind. Grey wind was used well right until rob just blatantly ignored him and chained him up for the most devastating thing that ever happened to him <laughs> fact but
3: up to that
0: <laughs> Yes, yes, agreed, agreed Um, Okay, so let's go back to the wall Um, And the theory I wanted to talk about there was We know that the wall is very, very tall And we know that the White Walkers To me, don't look nimble enough to uh, go over the wall Um, So that leaves kind of two options And one is you go under the wall And the other is you break down the wall Um, The... The only sort of conceivable one I can see for option two there, where you're breaking down the wall, would be the Horn of Yarramon, which is, of course, a mystical thing. We don't know if it actually exists or not. We don't know if it actually works to do that or not. Um, But option number one is the one that I want to focus on, and the reason I want to focus on it is that I think it is the reason that the White Walkers have been taking their sweet time chilling out in the north um when the when the wall was constructed it had spells woven into it by the children of the forest the children of the forest and the giants helped the men build the wall to keep the others out and they said that they wove spells into the construction of the wall now we've seen these sort of spells that the children can use before um at the tree where where blood raven um three-eyed raven was was working and as soon as one of the whites crossed the barrier he exploded and uh and they couldn't cross that barrier right up until the moment that the knight's king Ward touched bran on the arm and marked him somehow not clear on the details of that but we know that that allowed them then to enter that cave so what i'm asking you three is is the knight's king waiting for the marked bran to pass back under the wall thereby undoing the spells and allowing him and his army to also pass under the wall
2: I mean that would make sense because it it seemed like it was awfully easy for Bran to get away with poor Mira carrying him and nothing else yeah I mean he he got rescued and all that but I mean what at that point you had a whole horde chasing him and he had to go and swat away like four of them and then he gets away so that, that that seems to make a lot of sense because yeah, that's basically the only reasonable way they're going to get across unless they have some other mechanism to tear down the wall. Essentially,
1: I do think the wall will fall. I think it falls at the end of next season.
0: So you think um, that breaking the wall is the is the way it goes?
1: Yeah, because they have they have a huge undead army. How do you like funnel an undead army through that? I think that they'll.
0: I was thinking more you wall. you go under and then you open a gate from the other
1: side. But... That would work. Too. Okay, yeah. If the wall will fall. Like the, they will get through the wall at the end of the next season. I think. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Not, it's and just... then
0: queue up the final season for
1: the battle against the the White Walkers. Then. Yeah, and dragons, and John and Danny are in love with one another, and you know death I mean, and all that stuff. He
0: put, he prefers I think redheads. Totally
3: what happens is that the Night King rips Bran's arm
2: off and launches it (laughs) over the wall then they just walk right through (laughs) Boom Taking the uh, Bioshock Infinite approach to things, (laughs) alright I mean Wow
0: I'll be honest, I hadn't considered that
3: (laughs) Well there's definitely a scenario where he like kidnaps him and just walks him under the wall like a goddamn fucking running back Crouching over the goal line, right? Like there has to be a scenario where that goes through his head. It's like let's trick him and Benjamin to walk back through the wall, even though they know what happens if that happens. You know they can see the future and everything. So there has to be some kind of scenario where you can't see the future because you know what? I just kidnapped you and I threw you through the wall because I'm fucking got an army
2: of zombies. <laughs> on that note <laughs> right <laughs> I mean that's the most reasonable explanation of all of this definitely the most reasonable explanation
3: <laughs> they found in the Sabbath water dungeon <laughs> <laughs>
2: definitely a non-zero chance
3: yeah one thing i wanted to do i wanted to do this since i've heard this podcast existing because it's a it's it's seriously a tragedy nobody has done this okay but it's the very easy and like rite of passage for game of thrones podcast (laughs) yeah you were in the game of thrones universe what house would you belong to Right? You have to do it. Oh, wow. I'll start. I, you can go ahead. I would belong to the
1: Tyrells, personally. Because they seem alright. <laughs> they get
3: <laughs> okay.
1: how to play the Game of Thrones. And unlike the Starks, they don't, like, find themselves
3: dead all the goddamn time.
0: Okay, so wait, my question is, are you saying if you could just choose? Or are you saying which one do you think you belong in?
3: Which one do you think you belong in? Not like... We're not playing this, like, Pottermore game where you're like, Oh, God, I really hope I'm in Gryffindor, guys! Like, oh, which one do I you? think I belong in? Yeah, maybe, maybe,
1: maybe I belong in the Baltons because I can be kind of a sociopath. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, Matt is just dropping the mic right there. God damn. It's um,
3: like, I really metaphorically like to play people alive, yeah. you know. It's just part of my identity.
2: Is that...
1: Is that not okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, So anyway,
0: I think that uh, I think that I'm fairly clearly a sand snake because I like to take my shirt off and uh, <laughs> make cartoonish examples of my enemies. I mean, <laughs> have,
3: respect, have respect for the game trucks. <laughs>
2: Okay, I, I'm sorry. I'll let we make it go, and I'll, then I'll chime in. Uh, I mean, I wasn't ready for this question, but I'm looking up the houses right now, and uh, according to the Game of Thrones wiki, the uh, house Martell has a classic salty dornish feature of olive skin and dark hair. So I, I think that has to be me, because, I mean, I'm the saltiest of dornishes that I know. <laughs> Did you just describe yourself as having olive skin? Yeah, I mean, when I get a tan, you know, I have, I have, I have all of undertones. I've actually had another person tell me that, uh, without any prompt whatsoever, <laughs> so, can't, can't. which makes it true.
3: <laughs> Just that, we're almost done, there's two more.
0: <laughs> you want me to go before you, Yax?
3: Well, of course, mine is, I think, the most obvious.
0: <laughs> I, I... I can honestly say I have no goddamn idea what you're going to say right now.
3: (laughs) Well, you go first,
0: and then we'll get to me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and be the boring, terrible person who says that he probably belongs in House Stark because he's not cut out to backstab people on a daily basis. So what you're saying is you're going to die first. Okay, good to know. Except I wouldn't leave in the first place. I'd be like, no, Robert, go away.
2: All right, X. Um, we're we're waiting. Like to
3: death. What do you guys? Well, I think mine's pretty easy. When you look at them in totality, I think I Jesus. would easily fall in a house. Barathian.
0: Oh, you got the curly so black, hair.
3: Moon, black hair. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's a good point. That's true. And uh, square jaw. It's
3: like it's like if you take if you take all the negative traits of Robert and Renly and put them together, that is me.
2: <laughs> I mean, two negatives make a positive, so I'm, I'm feeling good about your outcome. Well, that no, I, I'm glad that we uh, we covered that. I, I feel like I'll know a lot more about myself as a person, having figured out that I'm in fact a member of the Salty Dornish House Martell. Well, I think this is a rite of passage in something like this.
0: That's not- well I'm glad that you brought it up, Yax, because that that is probably something we should have done a while ago and we never did, so now we know. Mm-hmm. Alright. You know. I think on that note <laughs> we should probably wrap up our second to last Game of Thrones podcast Man of the it. season.
3: Is knowing half the battle? <laughs> or is it certainly not just <laughs> a third of the battle. <laughs>
0: I think that okay. Jon Snow would argue that knowing would be worth the entire goddamn battle, Sansa. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> a great point.
3: That's a great point. Yeah, Joe. Okay.
0: nothing. Alright guys, we're gonna, we're gonna stop it now before it gets even worse. Um, thank you all for joining me tonight. Uh, we will maybe go back to a four-person pod again in the future.
2: But, I think uh, it went great. Personally.
0: We'll ask all nine, nine uh, listeners what they think.
3: Four of them are up. We're gonna get up
1: to twenty-two this week, so there we go. That's strong.
0: That's strong. I'm, I'm ready. All right, gentlemen. Have a good night. Uh, We will talk to you later, and uh, you know, enjoy the finale on Sunday. Absolutely.
3: See ya.